You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRank Sports and for Sided. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. This is our Wednesday podcast. This is our Valentine's Day podcast. I didn't realize that when I planned it, but hey, happy coincidence. And there won't be any arrow shot in this podcast, but we will be talking with Dan Kadar from SB Nation, he of Mocking the Draft, and he will be potentially, I suppose, this is a this is a good Cupid episode. He will be giving Packer fans some players to fall in love with, some players to shoot their arrows at, to get excited about. Because that's what this offseason is for. There's a lot of potential in this offseason and, and what the moves could bring and and how the Packers could improve this roster. And I think the draft part of this is, is particularly interesting. I wanted to bring Dan in before we got to the free agency part because we don't know yet. The, the free agency situation, you know, Derek Johnson yesterday, his contract's going to be voided with Kansas City Chiefs. The Packers could use an inside linebacker. Is that a kind of player that they would bring in? Oh, well, no, it's not. But <laughs> but this is these free agency questions will become more apparent once we get closer to actual free agency. The combine is coming up before that, which means I think it's important that we get some of these big names out of the way to discuss them, to get an in-depth look at them. So... I wanted to bring in Dan. We're going to talk about Marcus Davenport. We're going to talk about Harold Landry. We're going to talk about some of these corners and what the strategy should be for the Green Bay Packers in terms of their first round pick. What position should they be targeting? I mean, I think that is its own interesting question to ask. We talked about this on Monday. If we're looking at an ideal situation, who is the pick? Well, the pick happens much after free agency. So what happens during free agency? Short of that information, it's difficult to make a projection about what the best picks are if we don't know who's on the roster and who's not. If Morgan Burnett is back, that changes the dynamic of the draft picks. If Malcolm Butler or Tremaine Johnson or, you know, someone suggested to me today, Rashad Melvin, if those guys are on the team... That changes the dynamic of the potential pick at 14, of the potential pick at 45, at 76. And so all of these things are in play and, and they all have to be accounted for. I don't want to I don't want to take up too much time here rambling because Dan and I have a long chat and I don't want to take up too much of the time here with the show talking about, you know, whatever. But before we get to Dan, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes with a five-star review, preferably, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge 
giveaway. That's a $39.99 value. That's $40 out of your pocket that doesn't have to be out of your pocket to get access to NFL draft coverage, player grades, charts, fantasy football data. You're going to get a, a year's subscription to this, this program, which means all the fantasy football data you need for next year for your draft, for all of the decisions that you have to make 1 through 14 and in the playoffs beyond, hopefully the playoffs, all of that data could be there for you for free. That would normally be behind the paywall. All you have to do is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes and you'll be entered to win. All right, Dan Kadar, SB Nation, Mocking the Draft. You can find him on Twitter, at Mocking the Draft. All of his stuff is on SB Nation. You should follow SB Nation anyway because, hey, my stuff might pop up on there. But his stuff definitely will. Follow Dan. He's a great Twitter follow. And if you're a Packer fan, you want to pay attention to what he is saying. Dan, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Great. Thanks for having me, Peter. So this is an interesting position for Packers fans to be in and for, frankly, for the Packers to be in, the actual team that has to make decisions because they have the 14th pick. And this is the highest pick that they've had since they took B.J. Raji in the top 10. They traded back in the first round for Clay Matthews. So... If you're a team like Green Bay that had this weird wonky season because Aaron Rodgers didn't play and you have this top 15 pick in a draft that is kind of weird, I guess, if, if at least the way that I look at it, what is what are you looking at in terms of who the value picks might be in the top 15 that that Green Bay might be looking at? Like w- what makes sense to you? Mm hmm. Well, I think the first of all, the good thing for the Packers is that there's all these quarterbacks and there's all these quarterback needy teams. So that's, you know, that's naturally going to push down some players into that, you know, teen range. Um, So, you know, you're obviously thinking edge rushers, cornerbacks, um, and those are the first two for me. Mm -hmm. And then you also wonder, okay, is maybe tight end something you think about? And maybe the offensive line, depending on um, depending on what they do with Bulaga, quite frankly. So, but I, I think I think first of all, it's you know in safety too, depending on what happens with Morgan Burnett. So, but I think it's cornerback and pass rusher first. And, and and that makes sense, right? Because these are premium positions. These are the positions that you are supposed to address in the first round. And so it makes sense to say, okay, let's bring in, you know, the best corner available or the best edge rusher available. Mm-hmm. So as as you look at the board and you you look at it, say, okay, so we you know, we're looking at a top 15 player who fits those standards for you. Who are those guys? Well, the, the first one that comes to mind for me is Harold Landry, the pass rusher for Boston mm-hmm. College. And I think the combine here in a couple of weeks is going to be real important for him you know, because he was kind of nicked up all year with an ankle injury. But if he's healthy, man, when, when he was healthy, he was probably the best pass rusher besides Bradley Chubb that was going to be available for this draft. So, you know, he's really good. Marcus Davenport from... Uh, UTSA is good, um, but I I do wonder with a team like the Packers, where you know they're not a rebuilding team. If you want to take on a more of a project type of player, so um, he could be in that range too. Um, 
you, you wonder about Arden Key of LSU if he tears up the combine. You know, we we see we've seen before. You know, a pass rusher if he runs a four five or a, these days even a high four four, and he comes in at two hundred and fifty some pounds, and he's six foot four, and Arden Key is all those things. You know, they they can rise up in the draft, and then you know the cornerbacks. Denzel Ward's interesting of Ohio State because you know. I think his draft range isn't completely set just because I think he's going to measure in small. Um, Josh Jackson of Iowa is right in there. Mike Hughes of Central Florida might be considered too. So there's actually a lot of good options, I think, at those two key offseason needs for Green Bay. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, every team needs pass rushers and corners. And this is a deep draft at both of those spots. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the Packers need both of those things. So it, the draft in some ways sets up really well for a team like Green Bay that says, you know, if we can get a pass rusher and or a, an impact corner in this draft, like our defense could be pretty good. The The Landry name is one that I want to I want to talk about for a second, because his 2017 season coming off his 2016 season in which he was arguably the best pass rusher in the country and inarguably the most productive. I mean, he was incredible in 2016. Um, It it is always interesting to me when a player has a great uh, junior season and the senior season, for whatever reason, does not live up to that that junior season. Uh, You know, how do you take that into consideration, especially with the injury? I don't know the answer to that. So when you look at someone like Harold Landry, who's a little bit undersized, relies on that athletic talent and that speed off the corner, who doesn't quite have that same sort of level of productivity as a senior, how much of a, of a, a hindrance is that to him? And, and could a, a good combine put him right back into the good graces of NFL evaluators? Well, yeah, I, I think you're, you're leaning much more heavily on your medical staff with a player like mm-hmm. Landry than you would some of these other guys. Just because the position he plays, if his ankle's still messed up, you know, that's going to hurt him because he's a speed stand-up outside rusher. So, you know, if, you're, if your ankles aren't working, which sounds really strange, <laughs> if, if they're not working when you're trying to bend the edge, you know, you're going to have a hard time. So, um, he, but he, when he's healthy, you know, I like him a lot. Um, I, I don't think he's going to have the crazy, you know, size measurements as, as someone like Key or Davenport, obviously, but you know, just from a pure pass rushing standpoint, he's really quick. And he I think he's, he plays stronger than Key. I think he's more advanced than Davenport. It's it's just the health thing with him. Yeah. And and until you know exactly and feel comfortable with, with his health, you know, there's gonna be the question mark there. But if he if he comes out clean in Indianapolis, I really do think he's gonna be talked about in that range. Yeah, it seems like he's the kind of player that that maybe has it doesn't get a lot of of the fans really excited right now because his 2017 wasn't as great as mm-hmm. as it could have been. But he's the kind of guy that when you go back and watch, I mean, and I I'm certainly guilty of this. I went back and watched him in 2016, and I went, "Holy cow!" Like Clemson, the team that won the national title, they couldn't block him. It's right. just it's just one of those things that that because he wasn't healthy and, and you know there's this confluence of factors that come together, 
he's not as as highly touted as some of these other guys. Let's move to corner um, for a little bit because Josh Jackson out of Iowa is a guy that that Packer fans. I mean, you go on Packers Twitter; they love this guy. I, I posted a GIF last week of him making that ridiculous one-handed interception against Ohio State. He had a a triple interception game uh, against the Buckeyes. What do you see from Josh Jackson? And I know this is just one year of productivity for him, but he seems like the kind of guy with his size, his instincts, and his playmaking ability who could come in right away and buck the trend of corners who struggle as rookies. Well, that that's the issue there because he's a one-year guy, and he, he very strictly is a one-year guy. Right. And, you know, I, I, I would love to have someone who had more time than me could put in like a study on cornerbacks and just see, you know, playing time in college versus immediate impact in, as a rookie and, and see if there's any correlation there. But, you know, boy, did he have a good year. Um, kind of everything you want in a cornerback. You mentioned his, his interception, and it's one of the highlights of the college football year to me. Um, he, he's a Really good hands, good instincts. The size is obvious. I, I think he's pretty fast. I, I think he, you know, he's taller, so I think he loses a little bit sometimes in, you know, picking up the routes of these smaller, quicker receivers. But, you know, he had a really good year. And, you know, those kind of cornerbacks, again, those are the guys who can rise in the process. And, you know, Denzel Ward, for instance, Ohio State might be the guy that, you know, slips back, you know, several years ago, I really liked, um, uh, what's the kid's name? He ended up going to the chargers. He played for TCU. Jason Verrett. Yeah. I loved him coming out and I Same. thought he was the best cornerback, but he dropped in the first round just because he's smaller. And yeah. you see some of these bigger guys, you know, that's how Artie Burns became a first rounder for instance. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think Jackson's a better player, but but if you there, could there get, I mean, just players. just just yeah. to push back on that for a second, and mm-hmm. not saying that you believe this, but the NFL seems to. If you could get Casey Hayward in the first round, mm-hmm. don't don't you do that ten times out of ten? I mean, I know he's five ten, one ninety two, or whatever he was, but like that guy's really good. He is. He's great. But one of the things you do in the in the draft process, it's which is one of the you know, failures of the NFL really is that you try and eliminate outliers. Right. And for a cornerback, an outlier can be your size in a bad way. So, you know, you're, if you have a guy evenly graded with another guy, you probably take the one who's bigger. So it's just one of those NFL things where we see it every year. (laughs) You know, really you you see it at at a lot of different positions, quarterback, the the height, obviously Um, defensive tackles, Grady Jarrett, went into into the fifth round because he was smaller. So, you know, it's one of those weird NFL model things. Well, and, and so just related to that, I'm looking at this class of corners and going, wow, there are a ton of guys that I like. And so if you're a corner needy team or you're a defensive back needy team, so let's say, this has been the 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 um, the scenario that I've played out a, a bunch for Green Bay. They let Morgan Burnett walk, and they don't resign Devon House. Mm-hmm. 
is it does it make more sense to say, okay, Derwin James is there at 14. We're going to take him and wait on a corner and take a guy like Jair Alexander or Mike Hughes or whoever is there at, at 45. Or do you do you take the premium position player in the first and then figure it out from there? The Packers, obviously, they have Hawkland Dix, they have Josh Jones, they have some safeties. I have my preference, but I would love to hear, you know, sort of your perspective on just the way that you would team build in a scenario like that. Sure. For me, it's pass rusher first. And just from the simple fact that after quarterback, I think that's the most important position in the NFL right now. Yeah, totally. So agree. I, I would do that. And secondarily, because I just think the, the talent, a cornerback cornerback is deeper than uh, outside pass rusher this year. So, and, and you add in the Kevin King thing, they just picked him mm-hmm. Jones. You mentioned, um, you know, if they take a cornerback in the first round, I don't think it would be wrong, but I think they would be telling you a lot about what they think of the guys that they have already. Sure. Um, whereas, whereas pass rusher, you know, you, you kind of know why they would be taking that guy just because it, it's just straight up a need. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would definitely go pass rusher over cornerback, especially in this draft. So the other the other thing that that I was looking at is, you know, let's say that that they don't love a, a pass rusher at at, you know, in the top 15 or let's say Davenport is gone or, or, or whatever the situation is. Mm hmm. I'm looking at it more and more going, you know, what if, what if Connor Williams is there or what if they really, you know, he seems like the kind of guy that they could really like and they have David Bakhtiari, but Bulaga has got some injury issues. You mentioned him earlier on the show. This is a team that likes to build from the front seven out is, would it be totally crazy to say, well, you know, this is a position that we think is really important. Aaron Rodgers is, is getting up there in age. We need to protect him. So let's go get potentially the best left tackle prospect in this draft. Yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's a consideration that a lot of people aren't thinking about, and maybe they should be. And you know, as as far as Connor Williams goes, you know, we we just talked about Harold Landry having an off year. I, I think Connor Williams had a real off year at Texas, and. I think he's going to be good, but I think he might be a player where you might have to wait a year on him. Whereas you take someone like Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame and he he's more experienced on the right side mm-hmm. than Connor Williams. So you wonder if you're the Packers, do you look at that and say, okay, we don't want to wait. We want to get a guy in right now. So maybe you take a guy who... You know, say you grade guys on a one to a hundred scale. Do you take a guy who maxes out at an eighty-five, like McGlinchey, over a guy who might max out at a ninety, like Connor Williams? Um, so I, I I wonder how they view it because I kind of feel like the offensive tackle group this year at the top. You know, you throw in Orlando Brown of Oklahoma with that group. Mm-hmm. I think teams are going to be all over the place with them. So I I don't think offensive tackle should be out of the question in the first round. I'll be interested to see, you know, how the NFL rates these guys. Yeah, I will too. Here, here's another thing, a scenario that I will throw at you. I have had a, a couple people 
um, on Twitter sort of suggest this to me. So that say the Packers take doesn't matter someone at 14 and Mm -hmm. they say, okay, we are ready to compete right now. We want to add two blue chip prospects. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take two and both our threes and we're going to trade back into the first for someone in the low twenties. Regardless of who that person is, you know, people, different people are going to have their different preferences on who that person is. But given the way that the, that this draft shakes out, it is, a, in my opinion, a a deep draft that lacks the elite prospects. How do you feel about just that strategy for a team like Green Bay that may just be a player or two away from being a Super Bowl favorite? I like it from the standpoint of, you know, if if you can get those two defensive positions and you feel comfortable bringing back Bulaga or there's some kind of breakthrough with Jason Spriggs. um, God willing. (laughs) Right. Sure. (laughs) You know, if, if one of these cornerbacks and there's going to be a bunch, I think in the back half of the first round and the beginning of the second round, if there's one of those guys you absolutely love, like Carlton Davis of Auburn, for instance, mm-hmm. I think that's when you go make that move. But it, it's risky whether or not you can get back into the first round with a second round and two third rounders. You know, I, that might be tough. Um, just because of where's the second rounder? 45. Yeah. And, if you do the, if you do the, yeah, if you do the math, because they have the, the extra yeah. third with the compensatory. If you use the draft mm-hmm. value chart, it's pretty it's pretty close to dead on that they could get into the low twenties, right? With those picks, now obviously not everyone follows the same chart, and those things are subjective, but they could get into twenty twenty one through twenty four somewhere in there. Let's say Marcus, you know, let's say you can get a corner at fourteen. They get Josh Jackins, Jackson, excuse me. And they can, you know, get in, in in the low twenties, and they can get a Landry or a Davenport. Maybe that makes sense. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think it makes sense from a uh, let's go get this this defense figured out right now standpoint. I, I don't think it makes sense from a let's get an offensive tackle uh, in in that first two picks standpoint because then you're going to miss out on either a pass rusher or a cornerback. Um, so of course that's the one that's going to happen, obviously. But um, you know, I, I think it's a risk if, if you're doing that to go get an offensive tackle. Yeah, if if you're just going to this is this is non-Packer centric. If you're just going to project a player who could be available on day three, because this is one of the places that the Packers have been best over the last ten years in the Ted Thompson era. Mm-hmm. He's still on the staff scouting, etc. If you're going to project someone in that mold that you think is going to go, you know, maybe later than he should, but could come in and be an impact player. Can you pick out one or two guys that you're like, yeah, this guy's going to go in the in the fourth round, in the fifth round. And if he gets in the right spot or he gets with the right coach or he gets the right ability to develop in, in a particular way, people are going to end up going in five years. How the hell did that guy go there? Yeah. Well, the first one is Kamoko Ture, the pass rusher from Rutgers, who, you know, really turned some heads at the senior ball. And in his freshman year, he really looked like a guy who was going to be a first-round pick if he continued on the 
trajectory he looked like he was setting for himself. Now he's another one of these guys who, you know, got banged up and was hurt, but man, he is talented. He's got length, you know, and, and you just wonder, you know, if he can be developed in green Bay and, you know, if you think he can be, you start asking yourself, okay, what really separates him from these first guys, first round guys we've been talking about? Obviously, you're, you know, you're hoping and praying that he, you know, lands in your in your lap in the fourth round or wherever. But you know, he's one that I think is really good. Um, Nick Nelson, the cornerback from Wisconsin, I think is pretty good and. Listeners will probably like that because he's a he's a badger. Um, Dante Jackson from LSU is real interesting. He's another cornerback. You know, there's there's all these cornerbacks where there's going to be someone who falls just because there's so many of them. I think cornerback is the strongest group in the draft this year. So you know, naturally, that might lead to a situation where a guy slips. You know, maybe into day three or the back half of the second round, um, or the back half of the third round, sorry, and you use that compensatory pick on him, and you know, he plays like a second-round or first-round player. So you know, those couple of cornerbacks, Ture is one. Um, those are the guys I would, you know, I, I'm thinking about like that. With the combine coming up in a couple weeks here, of the players that we've discussed, of the players that could be on the, the Packers' radar in their in their first round pick, who are the guys, or you know, just one or two guys who could help themselves the most with a good showing in Indianapolis? Boy, that's that's interesting. Um, we didn't talk about him, but Leighton Vander Esch, he's a linebacker from Boise State. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets a lot of press. I think he's going to be real interesting at the combine. Playing in Idaho will do that too. Sure, um, but you know, he <laughs> he's a real big kid and. He can play inside and outside, I think. So he's one. I think if he tests well, um, I, I think he'll he'll be a combine star. Maybe I think uh, Jesse Bates from Wake Forest is another guy. Uh, he's a safety, and he got you know, he was told, okay, you're going to be a second or third round pick by the advisory board unless you run fast. So if he runs in the four or five range, you know, he's a guy that I think a lot more people are going to start talking about here. Um, you know, pass rushers, I'll, I'll be interested to see how, um, I'm going to screw up his name here. Uchena and Wosu of USC. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see how he works out. I think you nailed that. Yeah. I, I'm real intrigued by him. Um, I think he's real aggressive. I don't think he has great size or anything, but you know, if his testing numbers are, are good you know, he's a guy where I'm going to have to make sure I'm getting his name correct. <laughs> I think if Davenport, I mean, if he yeah. if he does well in those three cone twenty yard shuttle type drills, I think he might price himself right out of a place like fourteen. Well, the flip side is, what if he tests terribly? You know, yeah, he, he's this guy who he looks like the model, but mm-hmm. I, I thought he had a bad senior ball, and you wonder if he played well in the game. game. Yeah, of course he played well in the game. But the game doesn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> um, practice, though, I don't think he did. And you just wonder with him, is he a one-trick, you know, stand-up edge rusher sure. who 
doesn't do much else for you. And I, I really wonder about him. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I, um, you know, Green Bay is one of those teams that drafts. Um, they have thresholds for different positions. We yep. don't know if if Brian Gutekunst is going to hold to those same Ted Thompson thresholds, which are really Ron Wolf thresholds. And so, you know, this is this is one of those interesting drafts with a lot of intrigue. So. Um, I, I appreciate your insight. Uh, where can people find more of the work that you do? I think it's it would be great for our listeners to follow you through this process, through the combine, through pro days, through the draft. So where where are you? Where can people find the work that you do? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. And you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mocking the Draft. And you can find all of my stuff over at SBNation.com slash NFL hyphen draft. So that's going to have my stuff. Um, Jeff Schwartz will have stuff in there. You know, I think all of our team sites will be populating that. And um, Stephen White will have stuff in there. And some really, really smart people will have stuff in there and me. So um, Stephen White, another of those guys, if you're yeah. a Packers fan and you want to learn about edge rushers, no one knows more than a guy who actually played in the league. So uh, that that's great. SB Nation, I, I'm not just pimping that out because I, I write there. Uh, they, they do a great job. Dan, thanks for joining Lockdown Packers. Sure. Thanks for having me, man. I want to thank Dan for joining Lockdown Packers. He is an invaluable resource, so I highly suggest you follow him on Twitter. Keep up to date on all the things that, that SB Nation is putting together. He is consistently one of the best guys when it comes together, determining who the guys are in the draft to target. He has his finger on the pulse. And evaluation is an imperfect science. I'm not going to be perfect. He's not going to be perfect. NFL draft Twitter is not going to be perfect. We need all these data points to come together to put together a, a basket of knowledge, if you will. All the info needs to go in the basket. And that basket is what you bring to the draft and say, here, here's all this information that I know. And that makes you a smarter person talking about the draft. We're going to have a show on Friday. It's going to be our last show of the week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm liking how this is going so far. It makes my life better. I think it makes your life better. It allows me to bring in people to be interviewed. It makes it easier for me to get those people. I can work on that ahead of time. So those are all, you know, that's a look inside how the sausage is made, and that's okay. I'm happy to take you behind the curtain. This is not The Wizard of Oz. You can pay it some attention to the man behind the curtain. And we're going to have a show on Friday, and then we'll be back the following week. The Combine is coming up very fast. Free agency is coming up even even faster, it seems, behind that. There's a lot of information to take in. Players are going to be cut the next couple weeks again. You know, someone like Derek Johnson. Those kinds of moves are going to be made by teams the next couple weeks. And so that's something that I will keep you up to date all of that and a lot more, which means you need to stay locked on Packers.